Oh. M. Mom! And welcome to the Sissy That Talk Show podcast. I'm Joseph Shepard, and I'm joined today by the one and only Miss Laganja Astranja. We had a lot of fun on the Sissy That Talk Show, which you can see over on the YouTube. So now is our chance to get a little bit more intimate, Laganja. Ooh. Ooh I like that. You like that? Oh, touch Ooh, me, Dad. Touch me, touch me. Are you a touch, moaner? Touch, 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 touch me. I want to be terror. I can't sing, but terrority. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Going a little Rocky Horror? Yes, God. Mm. Do you moan? Are you a moaner? Are you a... Oh, I put on a full you put show. On a full show. Stunt. Oh, yeah. Oh. I give you the full fantasy, baby. Oh. Oh, yeah. I always find it odd, like, if you are doing anything with anybody and they're just dead silent. I like it. It's mysterious. You know, it's like, what are they thinking? But what are they thinking? That's where my head goes. My head, oh, I know what they're thinking. Out. They're thinking, this queen is fucking hot and how'd I get so lucky? You know what? Maybe I need to change that mindset. That's <laughs> what it needs to be. Um, we were, you were talking earlier, right before we did this, and I want to touch on this because I... You want to touch me? Yes, yeah. I do want to touch you. Mm -hmm, got it. Um, but you were talking about how you hate Marvel movies. I do. I don't like them either. I just can't get into it. You know, there's the one where it's kind of like dirty and funny, Deadpool. Yes. I love that one. Yes. And I didn't even think I would subscribe to Ryan Reynolds, but I do. I like it. Yeah. I even saw the second one. That's how much I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. But yeah, overall, like superhero vibrations, I just can't get into it. I don't know what it is. Like, I remember back in the day, I could get into Tobey Maguire with the mm -hmm. whole Spider-Man. Also because Kirsten Dunst was there and I live for her. But yeah, just like overall, like, I don't know. Can you say that word? Which one? Overall. Overall. Is it overall? It's like recess. Recess? Exactly. <laughs> overall and recess. <laughs> yeah. No I'm like Missy Elliott, you know, I like to flip it and reverse it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So every once in a while, a word comes out, and I'll probably ask you what it is. Sounds good to me, doll. Well, um, yeah. I think the thing about Marvel movies that never really clicks with me is like why do we need a 15 minute action scene and why is the plot really bad I don't want to watch an action scene for 15 minutes I already know you guys are going to beat each other up now I disagree there because I love action films so I can get into a 15 minute action scene it's just that they're wearing capes and tights and I'm like girl come on like I'd rather see like you know what's the one with Sandra Bullock when she's on the bus Miss Congeniality where she's on the bus Speedway oh, Speed, Speed. Speed. Loved. Yes. So like I can get down. Italian job, amazing action mm -hmm. film. Like I just, it's a little bit too much of the suspension of belief that I just, I don't know. And you would think, because I love dramatics and costumes that I would like it, but I don't know. It's just, it seems silly to me somehow. I can see that. Yeah. What do you think about horror movies? Love horror. Horror is my favorite genre. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite? Do you have like a favorite? Favorite horror movie. I mean, it's hard to say, but I would definitely say like in my top three or four or five would definitely be Rosemary's Baby. Mm -hmm. I love a good throwback moment. I love the remake of te uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with mm -hmm. Jessica Biel. So good. There's this little small independent film called P2 that I'm really obsessed with about a woman who gets trapped in a garage. It's like a two-person film, which I, I think is to, like super fun. Um, other favorite horror movies? 
I think those are like my top three that would like immediately come to mind. But I love horror as a genre. I think it has a a natural queer take, which yes. I definitely vibe with. And also, I love to be scared. Not so much in haunted houses anymore. I used to like 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 to be scared in person. No, but now like scared at home watching a movie is fun. Like a jump scare, a Wes Craven moment. I love. Do you? Is your is your experience enhanced by the weed when you watch a horror movie? Like, do oh, you have yes. to be high? Well, I don't have to be, but I choose to be, and I love to be. Yes, because it's the best. It's just, it, it, it makes it more fun. Like, I think, like, for me, cannabis has always been something that uh, really helps me be creative and sort of tap into that energy of otherworldly connections. Mm -hmm. And so when watching a horror movie, I think it sort of helps me with the suspension of belief, and it also makes it more, like, exhilarating yeah so yeah i definitely love to be stoned when watching any movie but specifically with horror for sure did you see the terrifier i didn't Ooh. was it good but are you are you like a saw person do you like i love like, saws so you are okay with the torture porn love okay then you have to check it out it's a b-rated okay. movie it's like but i'll send you what was it called it. terrifier terrifier yeah Everyone's raving about the Barbarian. Have you seen this? Oh my God, I hated it. Did you? Yes. Damn. I think that my thing is like when people hype up a movie so much, I just don't watch them. Okay. Like I still haven't seen Avatar. <gasps> okay, now wait. Stop. We're wearing blue today, we so are you need blue. to stop what you're saying and listen to me. I'm. Okay. I hear what you're saying. I don't mind a hype. I love a hype. I think hype is okay. But for some reason, I don't love like cartoon vibes. So Avatar for me, I was like, what? It's like digital. Uh, uh. I didn't care. So I never saw it. And then literally like a year ago in Corona, my mm -hmm. best friend who's obsessed with the movie was like, we're going to watch this, Mary. It is so good, Joseph. Really? Like there is a reason why people loved it because it's really good. Like you should actually watch that one, especially high. It's gorgeous. Cinematically, it's it's really expressive. And I actually got to go to Avatar Land in Disney yes, World. Yes, it's so So dope. fun, so cool. Like this poor Mike person is like, Jesus, she's screaming. But it, it really is like, I, I love it. I love Avatar. I subscribe to it. I'm ready for this next one. It's going to be like 4D, some yes. shit they're talking about. Like, Have you done a 4D I'm a, I'm movie a before? I have. Yeah, it's super fun. We did Jurassic it, Park. Oh, you did Jurassic oh. Park? Yeah, which is an awful movie. It was a newer one, but it was so much fun. Yeah, I so can't remember what we what I did with it. I think it was, a, um, oh, I think it did like Buzz Lightyear, that Lightyear movie, the animated one. I didn't one. see it, but my, one of my best friends said it was good, and then my other best friend said it sucked, so I just didn't watch. Yeah, but I did that one in 4D, so that okay. was cool because they kept going into space, so like the seats yeah. the whole time. I think, honestly, I like, any movie in 4D has to be good because yeah. it's just like a ride of your lifetime. Unless it was a silent movie. I still think it could be cool. As long as they're spraying air at me and watering on my feet and shit, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> It reminds me of like those old rides that used to go on. It like just brings back like a, mm -hmm. a, a memory. Like that's what I really love about totally. it. Totally. Speaking of old rides, did you see the new ride that Disney just got a patent for? No, what is it? Who knows if it's fake news, but I subscribe. It is like they got a patent for like when the uh roller coaster is gonna jump the track. Stop. It doesn't mean that it will be created, and they say that if they do, it'll be twenty thirty. So we still got years to go. Mm -hmm. But basically, they created the patent so that no one else could create like the jumping track roller coaster. Crazy. I would do it. I would do it too. I love it. I always think about those situations. I'm like, you know, and if I am the one to die on like a crazy thing, like, you know, getting shot up in the air or whatever, okay, well, cool. My work will get rediscovered. Yeah. Love it. And you know, at the end of the day, you had a little <laughs> woo. That was dark, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, I mean, if that's how I go, it's iconic. And like I said, people be like, "What? who is this crazy bitch? And then all of a sudden they're on my YouTube and bam, now I'm Picasso. Would you ever paint? <laughs> paint? Yeah. Like 
art? Yeah, you said no. Picasso. No, I'm not very good. No. I wish I could be, but it's just not my vibe. Have you ever done like a, a wine a wine and paint, sip and pour? Actually, yes. Yes. Oh my God. This probably like, oh. So my dear friend Bobby, who is no longer with us Aww. anymore, who, um, oh my God, this made me really sad. Um, my wine's kicking in as well. Um, he uh, was just a dear friend of mine. He introduced me to everyone out here in Hollywood when I was first getting my start as Laganja. And one year, like, he made me go to a wine and paint, which I was so mad at him for and was like, this is stupid. Like, I can't paint. I don't want to do that. And he was like, there's wine. And I was like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> and it was really awkward, to be honest. Like, it was a really awkward moment because, like, not that people were necessarily good in the class, but like Bobby was so into it and he was like super painting. And like, I just remember being like, oh, this is, I just don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. But now telling the story and thinking about it, like it's really special to me because I miss my friend. And, you know, I did that for him to make him happy and it did. And, you know, that's what friends are for, right? Sometimes yeah. we go do things that we don't really care about or that mean a lot to us, but it means something to our friend. And yeah, I just remember him being like, this was the best birthday ever. And like, thank Aww. you for coming and whining and painting with me. And like, that was really cool. That was really cool. But yeah, my painting was hideous. Hidocious. Hidocious. Yes, girl. I'm not a painter. Like, I didn't even consider myself a real makeup artist. So definitely painting on a canvas, not my strong suit. Okay, but like, I was looking on Eventbrite because I always look at like random like let me see like what's coming up because sometimes there's some really cool shit. There what do you is... do in your spare time? I look at Eventbrite. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your there's but there is would you ever because I saw would you could you a, in a boat get it? I would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I um, knew that about you. Yeah, in a boat. I actually never have done it in a boat, but I am going on a cruise. Oh, well, there's next still time. Year, the first time ever. There's still time. Yeah. Um. Okay, back to the, the Eventbrite. Uh -huh. So at the Eventbrite, um, there there was a get high uh -huh. and paint uh -huh. a nude male. Yeah, I think ours was nude, actually. Now, again, the memory's all like resurfacing. But yeah, no, I think it was like a nude vibe. Oh, wow. Also probably why my friend Bobby wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be the model. Okay, but you wouldn't paint. No, you could paint me, doll. And we'll paint you on this break. We'll be right back. And we are back with Miss Laganja Estranja. We're just potting it up. You oh, potting it up. I like that. You remember when we used to pot it up? I remember. We really did for uh, like, what, 12 episodes? Yeah. That's crazy. I never had completed a podcast before until that. You know, Gia and I tried to start one called High Tea. And I think about halfway through, we both were like, eh. It's a no for us. So we did it. And you we were fucking committed. Baby, we even went to visual, honey. We went to visual. We went from your ears to your eyes. Ears to your eyes. And then you were on the road doing things at odd hours. That's right. I in Puerto Rico in a hotel. Yes. I remember. Oh. It was a good time, though. It was a really good time. I, I was... think our podcast was really well received as well. Yeah, it was very well received. Yeah. I think that it was so much fun to do. I was so glad that you agreed to do it with me. Absolutely. And I was honored it was... I got to. Yeah. And it was awesome being able to talk about drag with someone who does drag yeah and kind of critique and learn along the way because i think it is very it's very hard for somebody who doesn't do drag sure. to talk about it sure you know and i think that um having you there it just made it well and i great. liked that our podcast even though that obviously was the 
kernel, the main, you know, uh, meal on display. We also talked about a lot of other things that weren't mm-hmm. drag related. And I think that's also what our listeners really connected to. Yes. And I think as entertainers and, and hosts, that's both what we connected to. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we talked about Drag Race and yeah, that was cute and fun and tear it or wear it. And, you know, we did that. But I think a lot for me, what made that really rewarding is that we got real with one another. We got real with one another. Yeah. And um, I think that's what made it really special is that a lot of our listeners, you know, connected to us as individuals yes. as opposed to entertainers talking about Drag Race. Because we, we did. We got into mental health. We got totally. into, you know, voting, Supreme Court, trans rights, all of that. And yeah. I think that it really did resonate because I do think that you can have that front line of, you know, talking about the drag and talking about the drag race. But who are these drag queens? We don't know. Right. Because a lot of them don't get personal, personal. Well, and you got to you got to give the people what they want. They want mm-hmm. the drag race content, of course. But I think, you know, they came for the drag and they stayed for us. And I think that's really special. And that's for me what I enjoyed most about the podcast is I got to know you as an individual mm-hmm. even more. And I felt like you and I really connected and yeah. you were, you know, definitely there for me during some difficult times. And, you know, I just appreciate that. I had a co-host that got real because yeah. a lot of the times, you know, we say surface level with each other and it's all fun and laughs. And and while that's all great, uh, it's nice to break that sort of fourth wall and just be authentic with one another. Well, guys, on that note, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with more of the podcast. <laughs> We are back. I'm chatting with Miss Laganja Estranja. Laganja, you have had a big career in the reality world in some aspect, shape, or way. You <laughs> That was the biggest read I've ever heard. You have had a big career in some sort of way. Yeah, thank you. I feel the same. Well, because I know that we have talked before about how you don't necessarily <laughs> enjoy reality TV. Sometimes my Not words all of it, don't yeah. come across. Not all of it. Should. Yeah. Um, but you were on So You Think You Can Dance. Yes. You were on Drag Race. Yes. You came back from the ceiling. Yep. Um, and you've said multiple times, don't ask her again, that she would not do an All-Stars. But, That's right. Um, You're yeah. going to ask me again. No, I'm not going to oh, ask okay. you again. okay. I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I've already asked you Can we cuss on this? Yes. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I, I was, I heard that you broke your shoes, your physical shoes. I did. I did. They finally bit the dust. Um, I did the number like 150 times. Like, insane. Did you count? Yeah, I counted up to 100, and then now I've just been sort of like guessing a little mm-hmm. bit. So it's like around 150. Um, it's like drag queen ages. It's like, you know, detox is still, you know, 32. It's like, we don't know, but we guess. And yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I... <laughs> Shady. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> um, anyways, so what was the question? <laughs> About your shoes. Oh, broke. shoes. Yeah, they broke. I was in Canada. It was my first time as a RuPaul's Drag Race queen to go to Canada. Uh, I unfortunately got a DUI in 2011, which kept me out of Canada for many years because they're very strict, which I love. Oh, you got it in Canada? No, I got it here in California. Oh, and they didn't. Canada let you won't in. allow people into their country when you're bad. So. I like that though. I think that's good. Yeah. Don't don't allow fucking drunk people into your country. Yeah, I, I don't want to allow drunk people into my life now. Yeah, just myself. <laughs> um, but anyways, the point is, I went to Canada. I'm doing the number. It's at this huge venue. It's called Playdate. Um, Tiffany Box. Shout out to her for booking me. Anyways, it was huge, and I was just running amok and just trying to do the most. And baby, they zipper. 
It was the zipper. And the zipper had already broken, so I used a bobby pin to, like, you know, fish through, like, the hook and then, like, to zip and zip. But, no, it finally, like, the zipper busted, bitch. Yeah. So they're just out of repair. Uh, no. I think I could totally get them replaced, but... Um, it's like weird how it happened because that happened and then like no one has booked me to do that number since. I've also tacked on an extra fee if you want to see that number so that could have something to do with it. That's smart though. Uh, It's not only smart, it's called business. Yeah. And I'm a businesswoman. So anyways, um, it sort of felt like, yeah, it had come to a close and if and when the price is right, we will go get those resold and re-zippered and we'll be back getting physical again. But until then, they rest in my closet in peace. A hundred and fifty times. Yeah. How did your cooter not hurt? Um, well, I have what you call Invinci Cooter. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a Marvel, a kind of like a Marvel movie. You know, okay. it just keeps going. Does and it have going. a cape? Uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It has a sheath. <laughs> Emphasis on sheath. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know how this shit comes out of my mouth. I, I don't even either. Like, when I hear myself, I'm like, girl, you are too much. No, I love it. That's why I you're a team it. too much. Period. Um, wait, but like, how did you prevent yourself from hurting yourself? Or did you hurt yourself? Definitely hurt myself. Definitely have a bruise or two, cut or two. Specifically when I was in Puerto Rico and I jumped from the second floor. Definitely got hurt that time. But, you know, I really believe in mind over matter. And I just... I just do what I do and I just believe that I'm fearless and like I am a superhero in a way when I become Laganja. Like I really do just kind of go for it and a lot of times this is really horrible to admit but I don't stretch before I perform. Like I literally will just be sitting backstage talking to you and then shablam she goes on stage and she goes crazy. Like it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's my superpower. Do you stretch before like choreographing or dance? No, I've always hated stretching. Me like, too. It's just kind of boring to me. But meanwhile, when I teach my master classes, I stretch people for 34 minutes because it like takes up time and I don't have to work as hard. Um, but <laughs> I'm Todger calling myself. Uh, telling the truth. <laughs> Big brother style. But no, I just, you know, for me, like I am great at stretching. I do hot yoga all the time. And that's mm-hmm. where I really focus on the stretch is in yeah. a class that's built for stretching. But when it comes to like dance and performing, like I just want to get out there and I just want to do it. Yeah. You know, like I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not something that's in my practice that I know as I get older, it's going to have to be like, I, I have to warm up. It's very unhealthy and I do not suggest any dancer out there do what I do. Um, but yeah, I don't know, like even in college when we would have to stretch and stuff, it was just, it, it bored me. I wanted to get right yeah. in there and start dancing and choreographing and, and doing the moves. And so with Laganja, there was no rules. And so that's sort of how it's always been is I've just had a shot or two and went out there and winged it. Um, but yeah, it's important to stretch. It's important to go to hot yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, really important when you come to Laganja's dance school that we take 34 minutes to stretch out of the one hour. 34? Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly 34. Exactly 34 Why minutes. Why not 40? Um, because I find that that's too long. You know, half a class, a little over half a class. Most of the people that are coming to my class, let's be honest, they're not. They want a picture. This motherfucker. <laughs> I know y'all told me not to look at the camera, but this motherfucker. Um, they do want a picture. You're right. That is probably the, <laughs> the most people who come to my class. But also, they're not necessarily trained dancers. Gotcha. So it's important to warm up these individuals because, again, I am a trained dancer. I know how to land. I know how to use my plie. I have a technique. So I'm able to not necessarily warm up as much as the average person. But when it's in my class, like 
Plus, also when I teach class, it is the one and only time that I'm going to give myself that stretch. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice thing to do. And yeah, I even thought about during Corona, like starting stretch classes online because I'm a great teacher at it. Even though I'm not a great doer, I'm a great teacher. They say, isn't that the saying, those who can't do teach? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there it is. And those that can't teach do. That's right. Yeah. I do want to give you the chance to talk about what's coming up for you because... Oh, you want to give me a chance to plug oh, myself. Plug, plug, plug. We all love a good plug. Plug it. Um, you talked about a little bit about the Broadway yes. show yes. Um, on the Sissy That Talk show. That's right. You got to go to the YouTube to see that yeah, full. To see that full. So, uncut. Oh, edition. uncut. Edition. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. So what are you... What else is coming down the pipeline? Well... A clear bowel system is definitely coming down the pipeline. You know, we're on this new uh, vegan and raw diet. Ew. I'm kidding. Are you kidding? You just saw me eat queso on your show. I is don't that do that. Is that vegan? Definitely not. It's cheese, honey. Is vegan no cheese? Yes. You're I'm not so... really asking me that, are you? No, I am. I'm. Cheese is a choice and we choose yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's coming down the pipeline is a brand new EP from yours truly. Stop it! Finally, after all these years, I'm going to be releasing Daily Basis, which will house all of the songs that I've released previously, as well as three new additional songs, including the uh, lead song, Daily Basis, which will be dropping at the beginning of next year with a music video. Uh, I just signed with a new manager, Jackie Huba of Fiercely you entertainment so i'm very excited to start working with her to really start pitching this idea that i am a musical artist i did a lot of singles and so i'm finally excited to release this ep touring as myself with two background dancers and then hopefully releasing my debut album which i already have the title for even though i don't have the songs iconic iconic that'll be the debut album so we're, we're gearing up for that you know i've been really influenced by kim petras mm-hmm I'm super excited by her opening the doors for people like me to really step in there and show people like we mean business with our music. Mm -hmm. You know, Alaska Thunderfuck is another person who's really inspired me with my music. And so next year, I just really want to focus on this. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm super excited to have people see my musical abilities. You know, I'm not a Laguna Blue. I can't sing for real. But with autotune, I am as good as any other pop star that's coming out of the hey. pipeline now. So hey. I'm excited. You know, I, I really can't wait for people to see me in a different light. And I can't wait to start performing my original music because as much as I love lip syncing to other divas, I feel like there's something really special when I create the kernel that then explodes into the popcorn. And Ooh. so this is the year. I'm ready to pop, pop, pop it on out. Pop, pop, pop it on out. Ooh. <laughs> How has the cannabis industry changed since you have become a public figure? I feel the industry has become a little bit more accepting for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's hard for me because as a queer person, uh, when I was identifying as a gay male, I saw a lot of progression. When I came out as trans, I saw a lot of degression. Is that a word? What is Regression. it? Regression. I knew there was a D, a re... Uh, so there was a lot of regression, I think, because trans was like really hard for that community to swallow. Like they were barely swallowing the fact that I was gay and did drag. And now it's like, OK, but wait, you also identify as a woman like, oh, girl, slow down. And I'm like, oh, girl, smoke up. You know what I mean? Like meet me somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But yeah, I think the industry overall has changed a lot because of the commercial ability. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Commercialability, that's mm -hmm. a word. I think, you know, it has become so much more mass accepted with 
high-end businesses that, sure, perception is changing, right? More and more people are realizing that this isn't a drug like we think of and that this is medicinal and that this should be uh, readily available to any person who wants to partake. But I think overall, the industry itself is still run by, like many industries, powerful white men who don't give a fuck about anything that's different than them. So... It's a challenge. And, you know, I'll be honest, I have pulled out of the cannabis industry a lot in recent times. I tried for so long, so hard to be accepted, to create my own line, to create, you know, merch, and it just wasn't working. But I do believe that perception is changing. I do believe people are ready for something that's more diverse. And I do believe that, like, next year, it's going to explode for me. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been working on my own. Um, we call them water pipes online to be PC, but they're bongs. Yeah. You know, I'm working on my own bongs. Uh, I've got my own rolling papers that are gorgeous. We've got the trans flag. We've got one that's my uh, logo. We've got ones that's like green lips with a joint. Um, and then I'm also working on like a dab kit. So for those of you who aren't familiar oh. with dabbing, dabbing is a concentrated form of THC. And you use different tools to heat up a nail and then put the wax in the nail. So yeah, I'm definitely Meth. still... Wow. Wow, Joseph. Um, Yes, but with cannabis. Um, But yes. Um, So yeah, I'm really working, even though I still don't technically believe in it, on expanding that. Because Mm -hmm. I know that time is going to come. I know that I'm going to be, you know, one of the first trans drag queen people to own their own dispensary and to have it run by other, you know, drag and trans people. And I know that that time is coming. But it is the long game. And so I play it very patiently. And it's not something I put a lot of focus into because ultimately I'm aware of the curve that we're on. And I just think right now with our current climate, you know, a lot of people are just not ready to fully accept that. Um, So I'd rather get them to accept the plant as medicine than accept me as the person who's going to be dealing it, if that makes sense. You know, like I'd rather break the stereotype and then they can welcome people like me into that sort of playing field. Would you ever have your own strain? Yeah. I mean, that's been a long time dream of mine. And I've tried so many different times. And, you know, it just always falls through and it's very frustrating. But ultimately, if you're not a white male with millions of dollars, it's very hard to get into the industry. Um, So I'm just being patient because I know eventually I'm going to meet a white gay male with lots of money who will be like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and bet on you and I'll make his return triple. I know it. And what would you name this? Um, Well, I have different ideas. So for my dispensary, I want to call it House of Ganja, H-A-U-S, of course. Um, For my strains of different cannabis, I mean, there's all kinds of ideas. I definitely think there has to be like an okr strain i definitely think there has to be a dip strain um i definitely think there has to just be things that are like my catchphrases that go into strains but my big attack oh i like that my big idea is that when i have this house of ganja that i would then partner with all my drag sisters and they would each have a strain named after them so that they would not only be making a portion of that money but then a portion would be donated to another cause and like i have a whole business plan so i'm just kind of waiting for that sponsor to come along who believes in me and believes in the queer community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Laganja, for stopping by. What, why are you looking at me like that? That's it. We're wrapping it up. Okay. Well, it was great being here. I just, I don't know. The ending felt really abrupt. Okay. Well, like, here, here, we'll do something else here. Are you going to do a kick line for me? Or are you going to give no, me a I little? No, I wish I could oh. do a kick line. Okay. okay, okay. 
Here I go. Okay, okay, go. Okay. So, um, you've talked about the weed. Yes. And your place in the industry. Yes. Do you believe that you will have that place in the industry within the next five years? Absolutely. I believe home is where the heart is, and the heart is a hoe, and so I shall go on my merry way today, tomorrow, and yesterday. I don't know. And what the we're going to go saying. on our merry way out of this podcast. Thank you guys. Seriously, so get me out of here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Sissy That Talk show podcast. And thanks again to my fabulous guest, Miss Laganja Estranja. Thank you so much for having me back, back, back again on the mic with you, Mm -hmm. Mama. Mm -mm -mm. I'm Joseph Shepard, and we want you to subscribe to make sure you do not miss an episode of this lovely podcast. You can do that on your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't already, make sure to check out the Sissy That Talk show show on YouTube. It's different than this podcast. We got fun games, fun everything, and Laganja gets raw. Ooh! Sissy That Talk Show podcast is a Moguls of Media and Forever Dog production. Hosted by Joseph Shepard. Produced by Big Dipper, Joe Cilio, and Mariah Nicholas. Engineered by Margot Padilla, and edited by Doug Robertson.